authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short nonfiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with Jodie J. Sperling and we chat secrets from his book, The Seven Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists, marketing campaigns, marketing wins and fails, Kickstarter, being authentic and honest with your book marketing, Jodie's marketing advice to authors and so much more. adventure this week I submitted my women's fiction book into the Australian Society of Authors ASA HQ Harlequin Fiction Prize. The shortlist gets announced May 1st. I think the winner is May 15. For those of you regular followers of the podcast you know this work was intended for self-publishing. I've had it professionally edited. I had a book cover design all chosen out but it just so happens that I've seen this competition. My book fits the, the brief exactly. It's ready to go <laughs> and it was yeah it just all felt right. I'm a massive fan of HarperCollins as a publisher. The books they publish you know they're quite quirky. Definitely me so I'm not letting this business opportunity go by. In the meantime though I'll still prepare for self-publishing by doing my research. First up is what size will suit the book. This is done by browsing you know the women's fiction genre in bookstores and in libraries and checking the styles that are out there, the sizes, how they look on the shelf and what would fit best for my book because that's one thing I don't have done at this point, the publishing of it. So that needs to be done. I'll also be getting in touch with local printers in Western Australia to get quotes for printing. In the past, for my non-fiction books, I have gone through Ingram Spark, which is over east in Australia, and that's been fantastic. Nothing wrong with Ingram Spark. I've had really good experience there, and I do sell regularly on Ingram Spark. And definitely, however this work turns out, if it does end up going the self-publishing route, I will still hopefully sell on Ingram Spark and sell on that platform too. But I just wanted to try something different as well for this book and see what would be different because if I do go local to Western Australia, that kind of cuts out the shipping costs and it would be nice to get a relationship going with a local printer as well. But I'm just not sure about how much things are or anything like that. So that is also part of the research plan. And that's what, you know, the hybrid author podcast, the hybrid author persona is all about. It's not just one way of doing things. You know, I think I, I will continue to self-publish my work and I think that I'll probably try all different ways to see what fits best or what works better or, you know, just, just, there's no one way of doing something. Try them all. See, see what, what happens, you know? So I'll get everything lined up and when the shortlist announces in May, if my submission has gone no further, then I'll be ready to revert back to the original plan, which was putting it out there myself. Either way, I'm just super excited in whatever way that this book comes out. I'm going to celebrate it in every manner because I'm really, really proud of it. And uh, yeah, I, I've had some good feedback so far. 
I'm also speaking at an event that's coming up in March through the it's at the Shire of Harvey's Liter Literacy Festival this year, 2024. My session is an evening session on discovering roadblocks in writing. So if you're in Australand, come and see me, come say hi or book in for the session, even better. It's March 7th, Thursday evening, 5.30 until 6.30, like I said, at the Australian Library. There'll be cheese and wine and uh, really great tips and I share my experiences in discovering Roblox and writing. So I'm hoping I'm I'm just beyond excited to share my expertise with the local authors of their community. It will just be loads of fun and get to network and meet other people and it'll just be really exciting. So the event also has a fab not just not my event but the actual literacy festival itself it has a fab lineup of WA authors. So details will be in the show notes if you fancy coming along uh, or also just checking out this wonderful event. So this week I've been busy podcasting, as I said, getting my submission ready for the, that competition as well. That's taken up the time. But yeah, busy, busy podcasting. I've had some super interesting conversations lately with industry professionals in the book industry, from publishers to marketing experts who truly take a different spin on the aspects of the business, you know, from marketing to publishing. So... I pose this question to you. What are you doing differently for marketing and publishing your books to get the results you want? If you aren't happy with the way things are going in your author career or with your writing, why don't you try a new tact, a different method of publishing, a different company? Think outside the box. What are you? What could you do differently to revive all the time and effort and works that you've already put out there? Thorn Creative, where beautiful websites for authors are brought to life. No matter what stage you're at with your writing, your stories deserve a dedicated space to shine. Whether you're just starting out or have a bookshelf full of bestsellers, your website is the hub of your author business, binding everything you and your books offer together. Thorn Creative can nurture all aspects of redesigning your old site or start afresh from the initial design. They can provide ongoing hosting and maintenance to marketing your books online, saving you time, money and stress trying to wrangle your site yourself. An author website built by Thorn Creative can easily direct readers to your favourite retailers, your publisher, or simply set you up to sell to them direct. The options are endless. Thorn Creative have worked with many authors across all genres and know what goes into good, functional, working author websites to sell books. Head on over to thorncreative.com.au slash websites for authors to read author and publisher testimonials and to see what they offer and some of the sites they've created. Jodie J. Sperling is a novelist, podcaster, husband and father. He's obsessed with writing the best books and showing other authors how to make the best books bestsellers. Welcome back to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Jodie. 
Hey, thanks for having me again. Oh, uh, we're so excited to have you back on. You did appear on the show in, uh, I think it was like October 2022 now, so we're into 2024. But for those who didn't catch that episode or haven't quite heard of you, can you tell us, or I'll tell them, how you got into writing and publishing? Yeah, so um, as, as far as writing goes, uh, I had the, the the very sappy, normal story that that many people do is, is that uh, I, I fell in love with a girl and thought that it would be really impressive if I was a writer. And so I started doing that. I, I ended up not getting with her, but I kept the writing habit. Uh, and that has been uh, like the most nourishing thing in my life and uh, become my purpose. And then as far as publishing goes, I went through the uh, traditional education system, got my master of fine arts in fiction, thought that was going to be the golden ticket that I was going to meet uh, some kind of like editor or publisher from one of the big five. Like I was going to be with Penguin Random House and get a six figure <laughs> advance and just ride off into the sunset. That also did not happen. And so I have published uh, a little bit traditionally, but mostly I focus now on self-publishing. And that's just because uh, I, I see that now as the most viable path to a robust career. And then I'll, I'll stop getting on my soapbox after I say that eventually I would like to publish traditionally with the right book, but for, for the time being, self-publishing seems to be the right the right way for me. Oh, amazing. So are you, you're obviously pumping out books with the aim to self-publish, but is there works mm -hmm. that you're working on that you're, you're, this is for traditional publishing houses that's still happening in the background or that's on the back burner? Yeah. No, that definitely is. Um, I have I have a book called Kidnapping George Clooney. It's a novel, and I will not <laughs> self-publish it. It, it. it feels like a perfect fit for the traditional world, and so I will I will start to market that once I have it ready and in shape, and and uh, it won't settle until it gets a traditional publisher. But for for everything else, uh, it, it feels like self-publishing is is a good fit. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I've got aspirations, same as you, to do both. Yeah. And you just have this, you know, that this work is got, is best suited this way and this work is best suited that way. It's, it's quite a fine yeah. line. It's quite funny. That book sounds extremely intriguing. I'll definitely be <laughs> running out to buy that. Is it anything to do with George Clooney at all? Or no? Is that uh, yes, <laughs> no, it, it does. So the, the format of that book is, and the reason I think it's good for traditional publishing is that it has a little bit more of a literary spin to it. You have uh, a young woman who has this, this, like uh, fixation on the idea that mustard is the greatest condiment and that it's like not getting its day in the sun. And so she sees the uh, Nespresso ads that George Clooney does. I, I think that they run more in like England than anywhere else, but he is like the the point person for this coffee brand called Nespresso. So she sees <laughs> these ads and, and decides that if he would be the ad campaign head for mustard, he could give mustard its due. Uh, and so she, she wants to go and convince him that this is what he needs to do takes a hitchhiking trip to Hollywood to try to convince him to do it and it's a uh, kind of all the exploits along the way. Oh, that's that's amazing with George Clooney you, you like copyright and stuff you like to use his name I think yeah, it'd be a you know, weird thing <laughs> I know I, I did a lot of research into it I do thankfully have a friend who's a lawyer and and basically the idea is is that you say uh, this is a work of fiction and yeah. so there's there's nothing in it that will reflect poorly on George Clooney but I was a little bit scared of that at first and I thought <laughs> I, if I had to call a late audible for any reason I could make it somebody else but it feels like it loses some of the punch if it's not actually George Clooney and so if you've ever heard of that movie movie being John Malkovich. It's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. It's it's the idea that you can use a person's name, but not necessarily tie yourself to it being like that real person. Um, 
So Yeah. Oh, well, it sounds amazing. And obviously you are an absolute fiction buff, but you do have some nonfiction and that's what yeah. we're going to talk about today. Your book, The Seven Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. So if you can tell us, you know, in your opinion, why, why is, why mindset and marketing and writing? Why do you think it's so important? Okay. So first off, I want to say mindset is the really big thing. And I want to differentiate that because one thing that I think I've been rightfully asked along the way is, have you made seven figures on your your writing? Um, if not, why are you talking about this? So my answer to that is in my life marketing, I have made seven figures. Um, and that, that encompasses different business adventures that I've been on. And bringing that mindset to the writing world, I have not made seven figures on my writing. And I'm fairly far away from that at this point. So it's about the mindset. And to borrow from what a lot of other people have said before, uh, if you don't quit, you can't lose. And so that's really the cornerstone of my mindset is, you know, keep that tenacity, keep trying, keep pushing, keep pressing when something doesn't work. Don't give up immediately, but, you know, learn how to pivot quickly when something is not a fit for you. And the longer that you endure and persist, the better you'll get at this. So that is why I think marketing mindset is so important is people do not get to the level of success that they dream of for themselves unless they're willing to endure a lot of failure-like feelings. You haven't failed, you haven't lost, but it feels like it until you're an overnight success 10 years in the making, right? Mm, yeah, well, I must be on my way. <laughs> <I'm> definitely <laughs> yeah, right. having those feelings. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. But no, that's uh, that's really well said there. And uh, I loved the book. I love um, I love short form anyway. I just think that in this crazy busy world, like some some of the big books on stuff is a bit much. So I love that yeah. yours is sort of packs a punch. It's to the point. Are you able to share what some of the mindset secrets are that you put in the book? Yeah, absolutely. And and I will say too that uh, I I see this book as being kind of a an, an evolution. I really do plan on going back in um and doing a, a little bit tightening up some of just the grammatical things. I think that I knew when I published it as a nonfiction that I didn't need it to look like my fiction where it was perfect. So the wording is probably clunky in some places. And I, I wanted that actually to speak to this this process of like, let's not be perfectionists, let's be getting our work out there to a degree. I I have some complex feelings about that, but I'm okay saying in general, it's okay to get your work out into the world before you feel like it is the perfect statue of David or something like that. And I apologize if you have the dog in the background, um, can't be helped. <laughs> but No, that's um, all good. Yeah. We like a bit of background noise and, and yeah. I think it sets the the ambience <laughs> yeah. and the visualness of the person. <laughs> yeah. To your question, I think right now in my mind the cornerstone and most important thing that i put in the book uh there there are many things you, you said it's small and it is small but there's a section that talks about knocking on somebody's door this can be a little bit metaphorical in some cases but i think it is the the cornerstone of the book because if you are not willing to get out of your comfort zone and do something frightening scary uncomfortable loathsome then you probably are not going to find the success that you want uh and i'll tell a little anecdote that is actually breaking the fourth wall of the book. So when I when I published the book, I really wanted to sell a lot of copies. And one thing that I thought would work well is starting a Kickstarter. I think that Kickstarters across the world, right? You're you're gonna your audience will oh, be familiar with Kickstarter, I assume. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, term, okay. yeah, absolutely. It's been it's mentioned. I I certainly am. It's not something I've done myself, but yeah, it's sure, something okay. that I'm looking to do this year. So yeah, yeah. And I I probably at some point will write something small on Kickstarter as well because I have learned some invaluable lessons. But so I started a Kickstarter and I I did everything wrong, but I wanted to 
basically partner with local businesses and businesses even across the country if possible to basically get my book in the hands of college students. That was the dream for this is that the American college education system for fine arts and writers has zero training in marketing. So you you get these students who learn to write better and some of them are really talented, but by the time they're done with a four-year education or a six-year education, they have zero idea how to market. So I, I created this Kickstarter thinking, I will go to the local businesses. They can do this as a tax write-off. They can buy five copies that will be sent to a college of their choice. And I thought that that was a really great idea. I thought that it was thinking outside the box and it was going to work. I still think it was a clever idea. I think it was too clever. Yeah, it sounds out. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. But what ended up happening is that I was picking up the phone and I was calling local businesses and I was getting hung up on. I was getting chewed out. I was getting cursed at. I was walking into businesses with my pitch and and getting like stonewalled and people didn't want to see me, wouldn't speak to me. I got to the point and, and just to give you a little bit of background, I spent the majority of my working life outside of publishing on the phone, doing sales type things or in-person sales. So I'm very used to this. And it was shocking what happened because as I would get these rejections, like they piled up so hard and so fast that I felt punch drunk and I got scared mm. to make sales calls. And it was a horrible failure. My Kickstarter was a miserable, horrible failure. There, there got to be a point along the process where I asked my wife, like, hey, we've raised 35 of the 10,000 that I thought, uh, 3,500 of the 10,000 that I, I had aimed as my goal. I guess if we funded the rest ourselves, at least we would get a small amount of money and sell a small amount of books. But for one, I didn't think it was ethical. And two, it was just like, no, you know what? This is the universe, God, whatever you think of saying, great try, but this one is dead. And so I killed the project. And that was an amazing learning experience, but it was like I said, very mm. meta, breaking the fourth wall. I failed, but my mindset was still like, this isn't over. And I will say with that caveat, I didn't pick up the phone to make any kind of sales call related to my writing for another uh, eight months. I was terrified. And the first time I did pick up the phone to make a sales call was like, I was trembling. I was so, so scared. So um oh. Yeah, the process is tough, but I do believe that that is the cornerstone is knock on a door. And the idea of knocking on the door that I put in the seven figure marketing mindset for novelists is you have your book ready to go. Now actually go to your neighbor, knock on their door and ask them if they're willing to buy a copy. Uh, and the reason that I say to do that is because when you put yourself in that position to ask someone to buy your book, something really different starts to happen inside of you. It changes your mindset and makes you realize this is not just a piece of art. This is also an asset. It's a, a an object that has value and asking someone to buy it reminds you that it has value uh, and there's nothing wrong with your book having value. Um, imagine if Stephen King said like, oh, you know, I I, I wrote these books to enrich the world. I, I never thought about making any money. You know, uh, it just, it shouldn't work that way. You can create art and still profit from the art that you create. Mm, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, got into this as well because I am passionate about what I do and writing and, and book form for me, th that's it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I want to do this as a job and a career. So yeah. yes, I do want to make money from it. Um, and people do like it's yeah. gone are the days where you know you, you there's still that negative stigma around places but people are like making money on it i went to my first self-publishing online conference cool. through the alliance of independent authors and besides that here in australia i'm very much a part of a traditional publishing crowd so to meet mm. these authors online and everybody was most of them that's what they were doing as a job and they're all earning money and stuff yeah. like that so it was really
really, really refreshing to see because a lot of the traditional publishing people here are a bit, yeah, uh, unhappy, I guess, with, with the money yeah. they're making or it's it's quite quiet. But then you've yeah. got the other end of the spectrum and people are making a living from it. And just off what you were saying, like what I really love about this profession as soul destroying as it can feel sometimes. And then mm-hmm. we keep sort of, I don't know, for sadistic or something going back for more to keep getting trolled on until we sort of make it. But yeah. it's that determination, I think, that you've got to have that you will get you to succeed. But I like that there is a challenge in this job too. Yeah, you know, like every day is not the same or it's, it's putting yourself out there for learning new skills and yeah, just something different all the time because to think of a normal... I don't know, nine to five desk job or whatever oh. just tears me up inside. Even if you've got to do that to pursue yeah. your your book marketing or writing until Absolutely. you the living you need to, that's fine. But as much as all these other aspects of like marketing scares me because mm-hmm. especially like um, public speaking and all sorts of stuff, this yeah. is my happy medium where I'm sort of hidden behind lots of screens and things like right. that. But actually going out this year, I'm going to a few more in-person stuff. And uh, awesome. yeah, that's people will see me and I'm just like oh goodness <laughs> but I, you know I'll probably enjoy it a lot more than what I'm scared of but I like that it yeah. forces you to go out and out of your comfort zone yeah absolutely it's it's really surprising to me when it when you're talking about in person um, the the relationships that you can build are so much different so much quicker too it's something about that physical connection that deepens your connection your relationship with a, a reader that it, it can't be under or overvalued I guess. Absolutely I just like and I like talking to people so it's fine and I like going to in-person events and I'm quite a social person but what I think I need to get comfortable with is just people looking at me like um, I don't like really I guess people looking at me and that's when you feel probably most raw and and judged almost because that's when they're making the opinion I suppose you know over mannerisms or Um, yeah not not to get like psychological (laughs) on your own podcast but why do you think that is does that has that been like a lifelong thing for you Uh, or is that like is there (sighs) a moment where you feel like that happened no not really there's just I think that's just been the usual you know going through school and, and everybody there's like a generation that was scared of sort of public speaking whereas I'm not sure sure what they teach in the US now but my kids in Australia it's like mandatory that every child has to get up through each years and they all have to be doing public speaking it's like they've been yeah they've ingrained it now into the system so when they emerge now there's not going to be that sort of fear like what there was Um, but I've had no I've actually had positive experiences for uni having to get up and I did a whole presentations unit you were forced to get up pretty much every single week it was so uncomfortable But I had to get up and I had self-published a children's fiction book in my first year at uni and I got up and spoke about that and I was quite nervous but rather than the fear that I sort of felt what happened like at the end there was connection people came yeah. up and they were like oh you know I'm really excited and I, I write as well and it was like oh cool and it was it was actually I keep it in my mind because it was a positive yeah. experience in the end rather than a, a negative yeah. one but <laughs> I'm curious this happens for me is that anytime I've done any like formal public speaking I get such a, a dose of adrenaline that when I'm finished, I don't remember anything that I said. practice the speech. Does that happen to you at all? Or or do you feel like not quite as adrenaline hyped 
uh, as that. Yeah, not yet. And I don't think I've had as much practice. I will have to touch base again in another year because this <laughs> yeah. year is me putting myself out there a bit more with yeah. chatting and, and all that sort of stuff, more so than um, behind the screen. But yeah, well, if it's if it's a terrible experience and I get adrenaline, I can just blank out the, <laughs> blank out the experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, back to your um, marketing mindset novelist book. So how did you sit down and sort of come up with the bits that you wanted to put in? So uh, I wrote and wrote and wrote a lot. And then I went back over the material and I cut and cut and cut until I thought that everything that was in there, at least as a, a raw idea, had a lot of, of value. You, you mentioned early on that uh, shorter can be better. And I couldn't agree more, especially with a book like this. I think when you're talking about any kind of skills acquisition type of book, shorter is better. And this book probably could go from, if I were grading myself right now, I would say it's like a C plus. I think I could get mm -hmm. it to an A with another 500 hours of work. And that's probably something that I envision doing with the book. I see it as sort of a living document evolving over time. But I wrote it with as much as I knew at the time. I wrote it to the best of my ability, what I knew. I worried less about the sentencing, which is sort of like the complete opposite of how I feel about fiction. Fiction, every single word is belabored. And it breaks my heart if someone's like, hey, there's a typo on page 19. I'm like, oh my gosh. So you're remembered from it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I know. This book, it was less like that. It was more judge me on the concepts that I have. Have you encountered this kind of information before? Have you encountered it in this way? And I really wanted to pair every lesson that I tried to teach with a personal anecdote from my own life that illustrated the lesson. Um, I thought that that was of utmost importance. And I think that that's what gives a book a little bit more life is if you know that the person writing it has experienced what they're telling you to do, because you don't, you don't want to learn from somebody who's theoretical pie in the sky. Uh, and I think, mm -hmm. unfortunately, I do encounter a lot of podcasts out in the world right now where you can tell that people uh, are are not acting in good faith. In fact, uh, a small little anecdote that, that bothered me to no end is there was a, a gentleman who was advertising on Instagram that his email system had generated, you know, 10 figure income for him. And it was $7 to buy his intro email. And I was like, what's $7? Like, I, I, I don't even think about spending $7. And so if it's a scam, at least I'll learn. But, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll check it out. It was a template, basically, so that you could sort of personalize it. But it would give you this format for for drawing customers into your funnel, which these are words I kind of hate uh, funnel anyways. But uh, I bought it. And as I'm reading the the intro email, there was a typo in the first sentence and then a typo in the third sentence. And I think all told, there were like 15 typos in this oh thing that he sent. And it was... I mean, they were embarrassing typos. And so I just sent a thing to him and I said, hey, after the first typo, I was, I, I thought, okay, you know, I'd like, we all make mistakes. But by the time I got to the end of this, there were so many typos. Like I circled it, I sent him a screenshot of it and I was like, hey, you might want to think about like at least fixing this before you continue to sell it to people. And he was belligerent with me. He was so angry. I didn't even ask for a refund, but he gave me a refund. He was so belligerent and it, it was it was awful. And I just thought there are a lot of people out there right now who understand how to market, but don't have something valuable to market to other people. They haven't taken uh -huh. the time to really distill that. And so I wanted this book at least to be uh, an antidote 
to that. Yeah, you don't really think about that, do you? Hey, like the other end, like someone can excel in in that field, you know, marketing. But then what they are marketing is like not any good. Yeah, never has no value. Goodness, scary. Mm. I know. Yeah, there is sharks out there, which is sad. It is it is sad that people can sort of get roped in. There is a lot of podcasts popping up as well, isn't there? I know at least from talking to people last year, at least three people I know are starting podcasts. So it's really really a big uh, yeah saturation is gonna come into that um for marketing yeah. in the future i've got to say with your book what i liked as well is how you had all the reviews and stuff on the back that kind of i, oh, I yeah. felt like the book book was a good marketing marketing for yourself anyway and also how you had like the qr codes and just it was just different yeah. like um the way it was packaged as well i thought that was pretty clever thank you yeah i i wanted mm. i wanted to leave some resources at the back of the book that were easy to use and you know give you uh kind of more more story one of the ones in the back that i really like is uh becky robinson her book reach had a really big impact on me i love i love what she said it kind of felt like in some sense like traditional marketing and and an approach, but I also felt that she distilled some ideas in some really cool, uh, easy to remember ways. So there are a lot of uh, resources at the back of the book as well that I hope can help people take the adventure a little bit further. Mm, No, that's fantastic. And I mean, you've already shared a lot of advice, but think of an author at the very beginning, you know, of their novel marketing adventure. What what advice would would you give them? At the very beginning of their marketing adventure. Um, they've made no mistakes. They've come up against yeah. no failures or no what works or nothing like that. They're wet behind the ears. What would you say? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good luck. Do something. Probably actually that's true. Do something would be my 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 basic advice uh, because I think that a lot of us get stuck. We have the book, it's finished. And then we hope like posting will organically drive uh, readers to our books almost never works. And if it does work, it rarely works well enough for you to have a meaningful impact in your community or uh, let alone the world. But let me say it would be a little bit different depending on the kind of person. So uh, if you're a person who has a little bit of money, then actually my advice for someone who's even wet behind the ears is spend $5 a day for one week to run a Facebook ad. And if you don't know how to run a Facebook ad, just go online and uh, YouTube is a wonderful resource type how to create a Facebook ad. And and you can learn how to do all of the little things you need to know how to do. The reason I say that one is because next to knocking on the door, which would be another piece of advice for someone who has no money but wants to get out there, spending money to advertise your book instantaneously changes your relationship with the book because every day that you lose five dollars even though for most people that's not a huge big deal it still hurts it's like okay i could have bought a cheeseburger or something along those lines but instead (laughs) i just flush that money down the facebook drain and it helps you to be more tenacious and to realize that it's difficult and i think what happens in your brain when you accept that you're not going to magically rub a genie lamp and just be famous is that you start to create a resilience mindset and that is the 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 number one key to success in this is is building resilience mm, absolutely do you feel like there's how long do you think someone should sort of plug at something before they they're like nah this is not working for me and pivot on to the next thing do you think six months <laughs> depending on what it is that's, to a great, year? <laughs> that's a great yeah that's a great question so my my facebook advertising journey has, uh, will be one year in february and i've certainly lost more money than i have i've made um it's significant amount actually at, at different points i've been a bit more aggressive with my budget trying to like experiment with things and 
I will say the caveat, I, again, I talked about this in the seven figure marketing mindset for novelists. I've talked about it on my podcast plenty, maybe even mentioned it the first time that you and I chatted, but I have disposable income to a degree. Um, and so I was able to be a bit more aggressive with my budget. Not everybody can. I understand that. Um, mm. But I say go until the pain makes you absolutely until you have to quit. And at the moment you feel like I have to quit, then go ahead and quit that thing to salvage the whole, if that makes sense. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's like the analogy I think of in the health world is the best way to have the best physical health is to do things until exhaustion. So if you're going to do push-ups, do push-ups until you literally can't complete another push-up. And that is physiologically the most beneficial way to go about exercise that that gives you the biggest benefits uh, in, in health. Uh, and I would say have that same approach to this. So you set a budget and you say right now, um, I am able to spend uh, $100 a month on advertising. So then the first thing you do is if you say I'm able to spend $100 a month, then up that by 10%. So be willing to spend $110. Uh, and then if you get to the end of the month and you literally don't have anything left in the bank account, and you're like, I'm going to go broke if I keep doing this, then mm. stop advertising and pivot until you can go back to it and try again. There are some cases where it's just a clear sign to quit. And I think that's a little more difficult to decide when that exact moment is. I wish that I had a really clean cut way to say like quit, but generally speaking, um, unless you are loath to wake up, it's probably worth <laughs> continuing. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. It's hard as well, wasn't it? Because it's sort of it's just awful. that that it's, it's that mindset as well. Oh, but it could yeah. be the next one or the same. Yeah, exactly. Right. right? I, I mean, quit. you're almost a gambling addict at some point, right? <laughs> it feels like it. At least you're like, if I just pull this slot one more time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> scary. <laughs> think of it that way, but yeah, yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. I think this this industry and it's something that I do anyway is is mm -hmm. all a gut feeling. You know, the yeah. I, I talked about before that uh, children's fiction book that I self published in my first year of uni before I knew sort of anything and kind yeah. of put it out without having it edited. And I had a gut feeling there, like it wasn't. It, it, I was rushing or, or whatever, and I did it mm -hmm. anyway. And I was just like crippled by self doubt when, once I put it yeah. out there and I mean, that was a big lesson in itself but mm -hmm. it, it's like a, an antenna now I sort of read through things and I more consult the, the gut to being like how does that feel you know if there's any sort of tingling or anything I'm just like oh no it's fine <laughs> so, yeah yeah with that but um yeah well do you plan on um are you gonna add any more books to this series with the marketing mindset novelist book or are you you gonna just keep updating this as and as you grow and learn and things like that I definitely will update it. I will try to keep it roughly the same length. Uh, I may I may completely dispatch certain parts of the book if I feel like they don't age well. But yeah, what I would like to do is I would like to write a, a volume of about the same size once I've actually hit the seven-figure income piece of it and say, this is how you do it. And really try to be as vulnerable as possible about all of the mistakes I've made along the way because I've you know, I've shared the Kickstarter story. I've made some boneheaded mistakes that have cost me a lot of money. Um, and a lot of pride. So uh, I'd, I'd love to share that with the world because one thing I think is lacking right now is the vulnerability to actually talk about failure in a real raw and honest way. Um, I love Joanna Penn. I love what she does. I feel like she doesn't talk enough about her own failure. You, you feel like she was like born a success. And I love Mark Dawson. Again, similar. He does talk a little bit about being a, a failure, but uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel very raw. I think that it's one of the human 
characteristics that we don't want people to laugh at us. And so, yeah, yeah you know, we don't we don't tend to be vulnerable about how uh, the mistakes that we made uh, and, and how silly we were. Um, and so I want to do that because I think that that's important. And there's somebody out there right now who's listening to this. There's somebody out there who will listen to this, uh, will come across my book that like this will save them from quitting because they'll be like, oh, if that guy could be so stupid and, and look at where he's at now, then I can do this too. Uh, and I think that that's really important and missing in in the field right now. Yeah, that's a really, again, a really good mindset to have. I think like in terms of, say, Joanna Penn and Mark Dawson, Joanna Penn, I absolutely love her podcast. She's been on mine a couple of times and she's like an unbespoke mentor of mine um, across the way. But she... um, I've got to say, like her fiction, her nonfiction stuff that she's putting out now that she's doing through Kickstarter is it's more, I'm not going to say authentic, but it's more personalized. So she actually oh, yeah. does inject a lot more of how she's feeling, like in a more in a negative light, really, really yeah. open and honestly more oh, so nice. than our kind of how to okay. books. Like, yeah. So she's yeah. kind of pivoted there. And I remember one of her podcasts, she was saying that she had wished. I think in the beginning of her podcast that she had been a bit more open about the failures yeah. and stuff like that. And I think probably from like a business standing, you kind of feel like, especially what they do, you kind of mm-hmm. feel like you have to be seen to be the beacon that is yes. succeeding in every aspect, because why then would people come to do what you're doing, I guess, if right. you've, you're showing any sort of signs of failure. But I'm the right. same as you, like I can't, it, it, it's not all coming together immediately for me. But, and it is, this yeah. is the real, to me, this is well it's the real life for most of us um yeah. it might work for everybody well that's the thing though is which is so hard because not one person i have met in the writing field it's it's every, every single person is different like every single person's story the way they publish the way they write it's all different so it kind of feels yeah. like there's definitely not one way but there's there's one way for for everyone or, or a yeah. couple of different ways or or whatever so yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> It's a mind yeah. boggle. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you're right. There's there's not a, there's not a perfect format for everybody. You can't like have a single book where anybody who reads it is then like, oh, now I know how to succeed. Like it. Uh, mm. I just heard this yeah. recently. You probably know of this, but uh, like colognes uh, and perfumes uh, interact with the pheromones of the person who sprays them. I don't actually wear cologne. I I don't much like it, but I just thought this was really interesting and uh, applicable in a lot of like ways but apparently when you spray cologne on yourself your own pheromones change the scent so no one person ever smells the same wearing the same cologne wow that is cool (laughs) i like that that you should become a metaphor for you for writing (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly Yeah. So. Oh no, that's interesting. Well, thank you so much, Jody. You've shared you. such good insights and expertise again. Thank you. And uh, yeah, can you tell our listeners where they can discover, you know, the um, the seven figure marketing mindset and all your fiction and just generally yes. you and your podcasts on and offline. Absolutely. So the seven figure marketing mindset you can find on Facebook, uh, Jody J. Sperling. If you even get close to spelling it right, you'll find it on Amazon. I've gone to pains to make sure I'm I'm very findable there. So that's the easiest way to find that book. To find my fiction, go directly to my website, jodyjsperling.com. It's J-O-D-Y-J-S-P as in Paul, E-R-L-I-N as in Nancy G. Dot com where you can get all of my fiction the cheaper than you can get it anywhere else and if it's physical i'll sign it and ship it to you uh, anywhere in the world no problem and i also want to take just a quick moment to let any authors who are listening know if you are semi-successful where you have enough reviews on amazon goodreads or anywhere else and you're interested in getting into bookstores in the united states 
I have a business called the Self-Published Author Cooperative, where we have relationships with bookstores across the states, and I'm always looking to add more authors to my stable who want their books in bookstores. This is specifically for self-published authors, uh, and you have to have the inventory on hand so that you can ship it yourself. So it's not for everybody, but if you're that author who wants that, uh, you can reach out to me at Jody J. Sperling at createcollaborate.com. And Joanne, it's probably easiest if I just send you the, the email address. So, uh, cause mm-hmm. create collaborate is spelled stupidly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Anybody can reach out to me if they're interested to learn more about that. Oh yeah. No, that's really interesting. What is the, when you said enough reviews on Amazon and Goodreads, what's enough? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, I am working with a guy right now who has a fantastic book. I think it's really marketable. He has 111 reviews on, on wow. Amazon. Yeah. So that that's probably around the bottom of, of where I would look at if somebody had a great book and 50 reviews. Yes. Anything less than 50 is probably going to be a tough sell. Yeah. Okay. No, interesting. Good to know. Well, thanks again, Jordy. That was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. So there you have it, folks. The always super smooth Jordy J. Sperling. Love Jody, love his work and all that he does and stands for in the author community. If you haven't, go and check out his books and the epic What Was the Reluctant Book Marketing Podcast. It's now called TRBM Podcast. And I've re- I've recently, when we, we did this interviews, we, we did sort of back to back. So I actually appear on Jody's podcast talking about marketing in libraries, Australian libraries, and just marketing and book marketing in general. So links to the show notes for that episode also. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have Joe Maquero sharing his wisdom on writing graphic novels for children. It's a fantastic interview with Joe, not to be missed. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it for me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.